Hello, and welcome to Forward Church Online. In this weekly podcast, we hope that you'll have an encounter with God through inspired teaching and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. God's going to pop some lids in here this evening. The law of the lid that we started last week, and perhaps we'll finish it tonight, I've discovered this past week while I've been studying, I'm going to go ahead and let out the best part of the message early, and then we're going to verify it through God's Word. The lids in our lives are determined by our heart. Did you know that? Whatever lids you have going on right now that are holding you, covering you, it's all based on your heart. Whatever's going on in your heart will determine what's happening in regards to the lids that are present or absent in your life. The two men that we've been looking at are King David and King Saul. Out of the Old Testament, remember the great story that we kind of laid last week about these two men. We're going to look at some things they had in common. Then we're going to look at some things where they absolutely began to separate. And you're going to find that the issue in both of their lives was the heart. One man's heart was after God, and another man's heart was after what God gave him, which was a kingdom which he thought was his. And that is a big uh uh-oh. I walked into a classroom the other day, and over there at the academy, everything's changing. Classrooms that people were in last year, they're in different classrooms. So I heard some teachers go, this is my classroom. Really? Really? Whose classroom was it last year? There is inside all of us, until Jesus Christ begins to lift that lid, a sense of possessiveness. Like I hang out in that office, but that's not my office. And the more that I'm in administration, I know that it's not my school that belongs to the district. This is not my ministry. This is his kingdom. We, by nature, are possessive. Ooh, it's going to be good tonight, isn't it? King Saul was very possessive. He wanted to own it, he wanted to dominate, and he wanted to throw spears, javelins, at anything that was going to compete against him and his kingdom, when it wasn't even his kingdom. And it wasn't even God's desire to give Israel a king. This is all background knowledge. It's what the people wanted. I mean, sometimes we can bug him so much to where he gives us what we want, but that wasn't what he wanted for us. It's a dangerous thing when God lets me have my own way. What about you? It's better just to go, you know what? Whatever he wants, I want. And whatever he doesn't want for my life, I don't want that. Okay? One other thing we're going to do as we dive into this tonight, remember now, and at the end, we're going to have Israel here tonight. Isn't that cool? Israel Houghton's going to be here tonight. (laughs) by music because the Lord also gave me a song to go in with this message about our hearts and we're going to open up the front to where we can come and let God do some things in our hearts and then he's going to automatically remove the lids I know John Maxwell is not here tonight I didn't find it anywhere in any of his work that ultimately the lids are connected to the heart 
Any lid that you have on your life tonight is a result of where your heart is. Are you all with me tonight for a few moments? These things we've looked at last week, remember? Both of these men had a vision. Both of these men made sacrifices, some for the good, some not so much. Okay? And then we also touched on the fact that they had to be willing to eliminate certain things. David really did. Saul got trapped. Okay? That was last week. So that brings us up to where we are tonight. Remember now, if you would like, because we're going to be going to specific verses. If you want more information about these two men, both called and appointed by God. One failed and one succeeded. Kind of sounds like the kingdom today, doesn't it? It really does. Just because he's put me in the kingdom doesn't mean I'm going to be successful. I should be. But if my heart's not right, there's going to be lids that are going to show up. You may not see them until you watch my lifestyle. Then they will become obvious that the lid has overtaken my king. Hello? How many have had a full day? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a packed day. And so it's going to take a little extra for us to really glean the harvest field tonight. And I don't, want to, I don't want anyone to just kind of get lost while I'm speaking and to where you go, you know what, this is not too bad. I'm kind of comfortable, but I can't wait to go home and, and really finish this thing off in good sleep. Hopefully we'll stay awake spiritually tonight. And we're going to look at two men who both were called, both, both appointed, both anointed, one failed and one succeeded. And the difference was their heart. Okay? Check this out. Here are some lids. That took place in King Saul's life. Passage of scripture for later reference. 1 Samuel 17, 24 to 40. And then 2 Samuel chapter 5 verses 1 through 4. Watch this real close. And then we're going to look into the heart issue. Okay. Both men received counsel from godly men. One Samuel. The other one Nathan. Both faced the same giant. His name Goliath. Saul suggested this would be the route, and David said, no, I don't think so. This will be the route. You keep your armor, and you keep all of your stuff. I'll just be going out there with my slingshot and then my stones. By the way, it's only going to take one. Next, both had the choice to change and to grow. Now the lids that limited Saul. Check these out. They're all found in the Scripture. Ready? He was very fearful. Number two, he was very impatient. When Samuel didn't show up, he said, you know what? I'm the king. I'll go ahead and make the sacrifice. Huge mistake. Huge mistake. Next, denial. He denied right in front of Samuel. Next, he was very, very impulsive. How many know before it shows up out here, it's in here? So if I go to the mall, if I go to Walmart, and I only have one thing on my agenda, and I walk out with ten, that could be a sign that I'm impulsive. Somebody turn and say, we still love him. Okay, have you guys got that? If I'm impulsive out here, it started in here. It can be, I didn't say it will, it can become a lid over my life unless God does something in here. Does that make sense? 
How many enjoy being taught the word of the Lord? God's word. That's the only way you're going to get these lids off of our lives, off of your life, off of my life, off of our lives, is to recognize it's not just stacking up here, it's actually in here. Next, King Saul. He was very deceitful in regards to his own daughter. He was extremely jealous of David. You remember the songs that the people were singing and Saul is killed, but David is killed? You remember that story? It was a one-up kind of thing. Next, he was a very angry man. Before anger shows up out here, anger arrives in here. Okay? It's here, and then it flows. Let's, let's look at David. Some lids in David's life, his family. Remember, he was a shepherd boy. And when he stepped up to say, hey, I'll take, I, let me in on this. What are the benefits if I go? Man, they said, what are you doing? You, you remember the story. You don't need to be going out there. Don't you know who you are? How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, have had family members to remind you who you are? From their viewpoint, that might be true. But from God's viewpoint, they're off. <laughs> don't let your family hold you back. Don't let teachers hold you down. Don't let executives do that to you. Oh, yes, another lid that was in his life was the man who was in front of him, Saul. We were walking out of here Sunday, and I will not forget it because it came from the Lord. How many know that when you get it from the Lord, you hold on to it? When it's just generated by yourself, you can forget it easily. We're walking out, and we're standing in the foyer, and several were still there. And I said, hey, guys, real quick, the Lord just gave me an insight. May I share it with you? Number one, we are to embrace his love. We are to empower others, and God's going to take us to another level. That's exactly what Saul would not do. He didn't embrace God's love. He would not empower David, and he didn't go to another level. He faced many devils, he being Saul which impacted his children, i.e. Jonathan, for one. Okay, are you all here? How many are glad you're here tonight? So that you really can receive God's word. By the way, God is not just speaking to you. God has been speaking to me before I arrived, all week while I've been studying. Because, man, when I was reading in the book, The 21 Laws by, of Leadership by John Maxwell, I said, man, God, I'm going to just start taking off these lids. And I heard a chuckle in the heavenlies. Because you can't take them off until you deal with this. Hello? The heart. When the heart is right, the lids have to go. Can't wait to hear Israel in just a few moments. Because it's not an issue just here. It's an issue in the body of Christ. When we used to go down to Haiti, one of the things that impressed me about the ladies and the young ladies is that they could stack stuff up on top of their heads and walk all over the place. It's like, how in the world do they do that? And they're walking up hills and they're walking on, and man, they're just, and they're not even holding on to that stuff up there. It's like, how'd they do What's going on? If I put anything up there, that would fall off so fast. They were managing what was up there. OK? 
Okay, and I, that was the picture that I had this past week. How many believers are walking around trying to manage what God's wanting to discard if we could just touch our hearts? Oh, yes, another lid that he had to deal with was his background. Everybody kept reminding him, you're just a shepherd. Have you ever had those individuals in your life? Oh, you grew up. Oh, you're from. They did that to Jesus. Oh, we know you. We know where you're from, right, in the New Testament. Because, see, if people can put a label on you, they can negate you. Hello? So God's going to do some things about removing labels, not just lids. But see, if you don't have any lids in here and you have no labels in here, guess what? They can't put them up here. All right, one more. Oh, yes. Remember this? His youthfulness and inexperience. No wonder Paul said to Timothy, study to show yourself approved and don't let anyone... Put you down because you're young, he said to Timothy. People will always try to put lids on you. Now, watch this real close. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. You can be lid-free, but if somebody else has got a damaged heart, they will come and try to put a lid on you. Hello, Saul and David. David was a worshiper of God. David knew how to war before John Gray said the way to get through war is through worship. David knew how to do that. But when King Saul saw David, he wanted to put on David what was on his life. Watch out for people who want to transfer. Not the anointing of the Lord, but their lids. And then all of a sudden you start going, man, what in the world's going on? I'm starting to feel the... Are you ready to dig in and check the heart out tonight? Are you all ready for just a few moments? Are you here? I think I put a, at least 12 to 14 verses that I found in Scripture, and then I put a note over to Pastor Bradley, and I said, only give me about seven of these. Because <laughs> that means you would be here a long time. But God has a lot to say about lids from a higher perspective and no offense to John Maxwell than what John Maxwell wrote about. Because if you look at it from the natural, we go, man, as an executive, as a business person, as an administrator, I'm just going to take these lids off. And that's when I heard the chuckle. The lids come off automatically when a heart get, gets right. Are you ready? In Proverbs 28, 14. He, listen closely, but he who hardens his heart falls into trouble. That's going to be the foundation what we're going to build off of. So watch this now. If my heart becomes hardened, the first lid up is trouble. And if you walk with me, you're going to get the same thing. Trouble. Okay, let me explain it to you this way. I, I used this this morning in a faculty meeting. I just heard this last night, but I want you to see who you are in Christ. Are you ready? Last night on E60, they ran about a 20-minute special on this kid by the name of Ezekiel Elliott. His parents were both All-Americans at Missouri. Four-year starters. Everybody in Missouri wanted Ezekiel Elliott to go to Mizzou and play football. 
Now listen. But when he met Urban Meyer, who was down here in the South, everything changed immediately by one person. And he said, I'm going where he coaches. The impact, his father retired early, bought a home in the Columbus area, and moved so that he could be the gatekeeper over his son's life. When things don't work out just the way you want them, don't let your heart become hardened because trouble is on its way. And David saw Saul, King Saul, he witnessed this is a man who's deeply troubled. And he didn't speak about the lids, but he could see the heart. I mean, oh, God sees our hearts tonight. You ready to dig a little bit deeper? Let's go with our Bibles tonight. And I want to give you seven areas of our hearts that can be impacted in such a negative way that we don't even realize, oh my goodness, I must be living in Haiti. I'm just using it as an example. Man, I've got all kinds of lids that I'm starting to carry. Are you here? Are you here? Okay. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. These Verses all apply to David and Saul. Listen closely. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The, I want you to get this. The absence of love brings the appearance of a lid. King Saul loved his position, but did not love the God who gave him that position. Let me break it down because I don't want to pick on Saul. God has called many a man and woman into ministry. They fell in love in what they were doing, but never were in love with the God who gave them that. Trouble's on its way. So the absence of love will bring the appearance of lids. But see, notice I didn't put what kind of lid that's going to be. It could be a host of things. So at all times, love God. Mylon Lefebvre and Broken Heart many years ago used to sing, Love God, Hate Sin. The church now loves God and doesn't worry about sin. Too bad God doesn't see that. Hello. We need to have the same nature because it's in our nature, right? We have a new DNA. God didn't say hate people, but God says you better hate the things that I hate. And if you have a deep love for God, there's some things you're not going to agree with. I don't mean you're not going to like people, but you're not. Let me explain it to you this way. When certain athletes who I deeply cared about didn't do it the way it should have been done on that floor, I did not appreciate the way that they played. And a lot of times they ended up in a place like this. Because they knew better to do than what they were doing, and they didn't do it. Come on, church. Bible Lefebvre used to sing, love God, hate sin. Didn't say hate people. You better hate sin. King Saul was not a man who hated sin. Keep moving. Number two, Proverbs 4.23. Man, the Spirit of the Lord is upon us tonight. Listen closely. Above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. 
The absence of protection brings the appearance of lids. Oh, whatever. I just open up my life to anything and everything. Really? Really? God's inviting us tonight to protect what he's made an investment in. Okay, some of you probably have a lot more than others, but don't you kind of watch your bank account? Aren't you sensitive enough to keep your eye on that? Uh-huh. Or something else that's very important to you? You safeguard that? Why would you not protect your heart? Protect your heart. Protect your heart. When David did it, he walked free of a lot of things. When David was open to anything and everything, it brought down Uriah. It brought down his firstborn. And then Nathan came along. And by the way, just because the church tries to shut down the gift of prophecy, who are you kidding? That's God's gift. He will always bring a Nathan. Nathan walked right in. He said, I want to tell you a little story. And the little story is about a farmer and his special little lamb. And when David heard the end of the story, he said, man, let me know who that is because they'll pay four times over. God will always bring a Nathan into your life. Come on, church. I've had those Nathans in my life, and I thank God for it. And so Nathan said, really? Let me tell you who that happens to be. Uh, David, that's your story. I just gave it to you. When he said it, he did not realize he was going to fulfill prophecy that he had just spoke. He lost four sons over one act with a lady. And someone down in Houston, I don't remember which speaker said it, that wasn't the first time he had seen Bathsheba. Because that was the wife of Uriah, who was his number one hitman in the military. So long before he invited her over to the palace, he'd already seen her. And what men see, men think about. Woo! It's jam-packed in here right now with the angels of the Lord. What men see, we think about. At least if you're a real man, you think about it. I'm saying. Because I, I, I get a feeling sometimes when God begins to expose the heart, we run for cover. And God's been exposing my heart a big time. So much so that the other day, uh, I think it was uh, Monday, I was listening to the song that you're about to hear, and I, it broke me down. I just started weeping right in the office at the school. If you were a coach and if you had a person who was highly talented but their heart wasn't in the game and you had an individual who was average in talent but their heart was over the top, I promise you, if you love the game, you're going with that individual who's got the heart. David had a heart. And that's what Psalm 51 is all about. I encourage you to read it sometime. Let's move quickly. We've looked at the first one and the second one. Number three, Proverbs 14, 30. Here's an example. This would be King Saul. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. He was so envious of David, he couldn't stand himself. The absence of peace brings the appearance of lids. Hello? Hello? Are you with me for a few more moments? That's number three, so we only got four more. Listen one more time. The absence of peace brings the appearance of lids. 
But see, I love how the Holy Spirit gave this to me. He did not permit me to name any, any of the lids. Well, obviously, from the text, you can see that one of the lids that crowned King Saul was envy. And he was a man who was tormented. Remember, he used to have David come and, and play and, and worship so that the demonic forces would be broken off of his life temporarily. Whew. Hello? Hello? This is the message that would work real good on a Sunday morning, wouldn't it? Yeah. God's speaking to our hearts. Because when I was reading that law of, the, of leadership, I thought, well, all I'm going to do is just start. And the Lord just kind of giggled at me. In the heavenlies, I could hear laughter. You can do all you want about taking them off. They're coming right back. Because I'm not looking there. I'm looking where nobody else sees. Okay, Scripture. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. I'll explain to you this way. A lot of changes, a lot of things we're doing over at the school. And um, one of the nights that I was staying late, there were some things that had not been picked up and taken over to the trash can. And I simply said, I'm the administrator. I'll make a note of that. And tomorrow I'm going to make sure that he... No names. He gets that taken care of. I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, remember the verse? Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, I'm watching. And I said, darn it. So I went over and picked up the trash, put it in the back of the vehicle, and there were some clothes that had been given from the ministry. And he said to me, you're, you're weird then. No, I'm not weird. Listen. He will talk if we will listen. And I said, well, I'm going to just let that sit there. I'll take, it. I'll take care of that in the morning. And I heard him say again, I'm still watching. When nobody else is watching, he's watching. There was nobody on that campus anywhere to be found. I said, okay, okay. And I grabbed him and I took him back down and put him in the office. I'm trying to bring the deep theological principles to very basic experiences of life. And I put them where they belong. I got in the vehicle and I went to the trash dumpster and I took out all the trash and put it where it needed to be. And did you ring his bell the next morning? No, I did not. You know why? Because he was still watching. When nobody else saw David, God saw David take that extra look at her. He'd been watching all along. We're almost finished. Even when nobody else in this ministry is around you, he is. So when I make my way up to Winston-Salem this weekend and back home for Sunday service, as I go to help celebrate the homegoing of my cousin's wife, God is going to be on the road with me. No need to stop and check out. Wonder what's on the stand. Oh, yeah. Or when I get to the motel on Friday night, because I'm going to need to kind of sleep a little bit, there's no need to put something on the TV that shouldn't be there because he's watching. Why am I using that? Because I used to be guilty of that. Oh, by the way, if you're not honest in your heart, guess what you just created? Another lid. He's always watching. But Saul couldn't figure that out. If he had, he'd have never gone down to the witch at Endor. Oh, I, you know, I, I'm not too bad with all the stuff out there. Sometimes I like to read and see what, what, what's on the agenda for the month of whenever I was born. Go ahead and play with that. Oh, that doesn't have anything to do with anything. Go ahead, keep playing. Keep playing. 
Let me put it this way. I used to tell the kids, these certain teams in our area, if all you want to do is beat off on them, you're never going to get to where you want to go. What are you talking about? The very example I was just giving to you, that's what we're talking about. Meaning, I can play a little here, and I can check out over here, and, and I might be able to do a little something with the Ouija board. I mean, it's not going to really affect me. It won't take my salvation. No, but it could open up a spirit of tormenting in your life. I don't know why he's bringing this out tonight. That's not how I had studied. But sometimes we don't think the little things are going to create anything, but they do. When the Lord asked me to stop watching a particular show that I told you I really enjoyed... Man, it was like, you've got to be kidding me. Come on. It's a series. Come on. I'm not asking you to carry my convictions. I'm just asking you to give your heart to him so he can create convictions for you. That will fit your lifestyle, not my lifestyle. Example. Are you still with me? So my mom said to me this morning when I called her briefly, you know, she's 900 years old. Take off a couple zeros. And add one. She said, so in the church, do you all still sing the hymns? I said, like, what are you talking about? I said, mother, we love the hymns of the church. But we also have included. She said, but do you ever? I said, sometimes. Now, hold on. Why did you bring that out? Because the convictions of the saints who've gone before us don't have to be your convictions. But your heart has to be God's. Oh, oh, that's a different slice, isn't it? So I told her, I said, no, we don't have the hymnals per se, but, you know, every once in a while we might sing Kumbaya. I just did that to tear her up a little bit, jack her up and get her all fired up. But, and I said, I appreciate your convictions, but that's not necessarily ours. But I respect your convictions, but I know your heart is like mine. We want to please God. And if that's your heart, you're going to be lid free. Come on, church. And there are many ministries in this tri-county area that have lids all over them because they teach based on their personal convictions, not biblical principles. I'm just going to give you biblical principles and let God be God in your life. Amen? Down the stretch we go. Matthew eleven twenty nine. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That would be King Saul. He was not gentle, and he was not a humble man. So get this, the absence of humility, the appearance of lids. If I'm arrogant and all of that stuff, I'm in trouble. Um, the current, pre let's see, president, uh, yeah, current president down at Southeastern has written a book on leadership. Are you with me? And, he, and this is a man who's been all over this nation. He said the worst thing to see, and he just caused my pretzel to crumble when he said this. The worst thing to see is arrogance in believers. We have no reason to be arrogant. Because he took me from the miry clay and he put my feet up on a solid rock. What do I have to be arrogant about? Hello, are you there? Come on, down the stretch. So the absence of humility brings the appearance of lids. That's King Saul. He was not a humble man. He wasn't gentle. Next, Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. 
For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And when I did that, I had no reason to think that I would be looking at Joyce Meyer's devotional until today. And every day, what I try to do, both at the southeastern thing that I can get on, I don't know all your terminology about Facebook, I put on Facebook every day a scripture and a quote. And the quote on Facebook today was a scripture about our mouths. And then a word from Joyce Meyer. If you want to have powerful words, let God manage your mouth. Something to that effect. King Saul had trouble with his mouth. Hello? Absence of wisdom brings the appearance of lids. The absence of wisdom brings the appearance of lids. How many have ever been out in society? We're close to the finish line, folks. We all have. We're out there. Have you ever been around people that just automatically want to goad you to, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I know it's in there. Bring it out. And they want you. They entice you. Come on. Come on, little baby. They want you to bring your junk. Okay? That's the lack of wisdom on their part. And if we respond to that, hello, Lid. Have you got that? Next. Oh, by the way, I think there's just two to go, right? I I can count one to seven pretty good. Don't give me too much higher. Okay, here we go. Two to go. Matthew 13, 15. For these people's heart has become calloused. Both men had a touch of being calloused. How could you say that about David? That's why he wrote Psalm 51, church. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. David recognized, oh my goodness, what I saw, what I wanted, what I did has created a change in my heart. That was me years ago. Little did I know that after I did whatever I wanted to do, it was going to have an impact on my heart. I remember one time when I did an act that was not correct long, many years ago. It did not happen in Florida. Okay? An individual came to me and said, are you okay? I said, no, I am not okay. But I couldn't explain what was wrong. They would never have understood. Hello? Can I get a witness of someone who says, yeah, I've got to walk with the Lord. And man, when I did whatever that was, I knew right away, oh my gosh, I just gashed myself. I just gashed myself. The Lord is here. The absence of tenderness brings the appearance of lids. A calloused heart. God wants us to be tender. Even men, we can be tender. Okay? I can't remember his name, but he played center for the Miami Dolphins. He was a center at Alabama on the football team. He's in the Hall of Fame, and he was a monster on the football field. I got to meet him just indirectly when I was in Miami. Man, he's tender. He's got a tenderness, a gentleness about him. And I was thinking, I was expecting for you to be. And you can name some athletes or individuals. And he didn't come across with any of that sense of tenderness. Matthew 15, 18 is there on the screen, and it says, The things that come out of the heart, out of the mouth, come from the heart. 
Last verse, and then we're done. And out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. It was like, I can see some of those lumped together, but you mean adultery and slander can be the same slipper? Come on, Lord. I mean, I'm one to pick up the stone and throw, I'm using an example, and throw a stone at that person who just committed adultery, but I didn't realize that while I was over here slandering, you say it's the same. Come on, God. Serious? I mean, you realize what that just did to that whole marriage? They deserve to be stoned. But are you really going to take it out on me because I've been over here slandering people? God says it's the same. Whew. We may categorize sin, but God doesn't. It's all got to be covered by the blood. Whew. Have you been fed tonight? God's Word. I think that was seven. If not, hang around. We'll give you more. Tonight. I don't know what you have seen with your natural eye and your spiritual eye. How many of you have double vision? <clears throat> you have both. <clears throat> you can look at things naturally and you can look at things spiritually. But whatever you see that's causing you not to get to where you need to be in him and to advance his kingdom, God would say, let's stop looking on the outside. Let's go inside. All right, let me give you this example. Have you ever seen a beautiful home on the outside and then they allowed you to come in and it's like, holy smoly. Man, is that ever beautiful outside, but what in the world? And then you've seen others where their homes aren't too much of anything, but you go inside and it's like, whoa. Not about the stuff that they have, but just the order and the organization. Yo, and the presence. This is free, and you don't have to do anything with it. God wants you to protect your hearts. God also wants you to protect your home. Because you may be bringing people into your home that are carrying things that you don't need. How can you say that? Well, David did with Saul. Saul said, here's all the stuff you need. Put it on. David said, nope, don't think so. So I'm very protective of my heart as I've gotten a little bit older. Hopefully a little wiser. And I'm very protective of our home. Why? Because I don't want anybody dropping stuff off that I don't want. Hello? Yeah? You guys, that's just, you just do whatever you want with that. Okay? Example, let's wrap it up, and then we're going to enjoy a moment in God's presence. We have a new school resource officer at our school, and I actually got to coach him years ago in Chiefland. And uh, as we were talking today, so he said, so let me ask you a question. What's your expectation? I said, we run a tight ship. When these kids come in on Monday, they're going to know that we're going to run it like this and this and this and this. However they are out there, they're not going to come in here and do that. Okay, okay. That didn't connect. Let's try this one. Have you ever set the tone in your home? Everything's smooth. And your kids go to school and they come home and all hell breaks loose in the house that night. And you go, what in the world? There's no issues going on between you and the wife or the wife or the husband. But all of a sudden, everything's like, what? Because what? what's been going on in school, they brought that stuff home with them. Watch this. 
It's not good to just get a shower. It's nice to be bathed. Bathed. With the washing of the word. You got that? Now, Father, in Jesus' name, that's enough, right? (laughs) I love you. You're so good, God. (laughs) The reason I'm chuckling, church, is because that's what he just said to me. That's enough. Father, thank you. Now tonight, as we enjoy and allow the ministry of Israel to speak to our hearts, we want you to know we're all in. We're not here to examine what lids others may carry. We're not here to examine any heart that's here, but we're asking you, could you come as the doctor and heal our hearts? so that we can walk out of here with less lids than we walked in here with. I give you praise, give you honor and glory. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, no, 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 no. No one's going to raise their hand. No, 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 no. I want to give some opportunities here. In just a moment, the music's going to start. Several of us who are here tonight have been blindsided, wounded on the battlefield. And not necessarily, I'm not talking about the body of Christ, but you've been nailed, you've been hit out there. And your heart is really hurting. The word of the Lord is don't allow that to become calloused. And in a moment, I'm going to invite you to come and stand with me here for a closing prayer. There are others here this evening that have never, ever, really, really, I'm not talking about salvation, where you have, you've played the game, but you've never put 100% into it. I remember one time one of the athletes came in after a game where we lost right there towards the end, and he said, you know what, coach? If we had really played hard all the way through, we would not have lost tonight. And it's been a while since you've been playing at the high level that God called you to play. That's a heart issue. I'm going to invite you to come and stand with us here in the front. As the music begins, there's one more. Several of us have been hurt in relationships, and we haven't gotten over it. If that doesn't get taken care of, you'll carry that into the next relationship, and your lids will become that new person God just brought into your life that will become their lid. Now, Father, I thank you as you speak to our hearts tonight. Let us see how faithful you are. God has spoken to your heart tonight. Here's your opportunity to come and stand. When we're done with the song, I'm going to ask Robin to come pray over our lives. Listen to the lyrics. Let the Holy Spirit move you.
have your heart tonight? God, have all your heart. Broken people here tonight. I invite you to come to the stand where God can minister to your heart. Yep. I wandered in heaven's gates. I made my bed in hell. Some of you have been going through some hell aches and things. Would you like for him to take care of that tonight? Someone here tonight that really thought that person was going to be faithful, and they haven't been, but there is one who will always be faithful. Would you like to come and stand? Someone needs to remind the Father tonight, you still have my heart. It's still yours. Tattered and torn. Here's my heart. All you. Thanks for listening to this edition of Forward Church Online. We hope this has been a blessing in your life and that you'll share this and other great resources with your friends. We want to invite you to explore our webpage at www.myforwardchurch.org. There, you'll find online giving, church events, and so much more. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter as there's always something happening around Forward Church If you're ever in our area, we'd like to extend an invitation to come be a part of one of our live worship experiences. Thanks again for listening to the Forward Church online podcast. Have a great week.